If you love the master the way that I do, come on and give God a great praise right there. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, give him a great praise right there. A great praise for a great God. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, Hopewell. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. God has been gracious and kind enough to allow us to see a brand new day. And that's worthy of giving God acknowledgement for doing something that we could not do ourselves. We didn't wake ourselves up this morning. Hey, man, it was the Lord that has done that did that. And we are very appreciative for what God has done for us. Those in person, help me praise God for those that are watching via Facebook Live and YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be watching any other church. We were so glad that you're here at the well. Go ahead and share this so that others can be blessed from this worship gathering today. If this is your first time worshiping with Hopewell, just wave at me. If this is your first time worshiping with us, amen. Come on, Hopewell, help me praise God for all of our first-time guests. Come on, Hopewell, help me praise God for our first-time guests, amen. We're so delighted that you have chosen to worship with us today. Our usher is going to give you a connections card. Fill that out in its entirety and then place it in the offering basket at the offertory time. That's our point of contact to be able to stay in contact with you. We want to thank you for coming for worshiping with us because you could be anywhere else. But we're so glad that God has ordered your steps for you to be here with us today. Come on, Hope Boy, once again, help me praise God for all of our first-time guests. So glad, so glad, so glad that you are here with us today by way of announcements just real quick want to remind you of a few things remind you of a few things man we had an awesome time yesterday doing our prayer around the schools as we prayed um, over our schools here five schools thomas Parish, Lewis, CMS, and the high school. Great teams were out there um, yesterday morning, almost an hour, as we just pray uh, specifically and intentionally for our schools, for the principals, for our superintendent, for our students, for staff, all of those that come in contact with our students. It was a powerful day. I tell you, we pulled up to Parish School yesterday. There was a team of us um, that was there. And so we saw some other cars pull up. I said, well, hey, I guess they saw it on Facebook and wanted to come and join us and pray. And they got out. They said, well, no, we didn't come to pray with you all. Our church um, was assigned to come here and pray as well. I said, look at God. Not only is God have it on our minds to cover our schools but he's speaking to other churches as well I said well hey we ain't got to duplicate it let's join hands black and white came together young and old came together kids came together and we walked around the school we walked down Parish Lane and we prayed over our schools and prayed for our schools it just touched my heart because when God wants to do something on the earth he uses his sons and daughters to be able to get the job done and here's the confirmation saints God is not just speaking to Hopewell in regards to our schools and what we can be able to do to help but God is speaking to other churches God is speaking to those that are willing to go and do something somebody said we got work to do oh we got work to do and thank God that we have some help along the way and helping us to do what God has called for us to do so thank you to all um, that came out and served and spent a part of your beautiful Saturday morning and helping us to be able to do ministry thank you so much uh, for doing that listen if you are a student if you are a family we want you to be a part of adopt the student um, if you are a returning student a new student we want to have a family from Hopewell to love on you and to connect with you um, if you participated last year we would love for you to participate this year as well stop by the ministry table after service today as Miss Chanel can get you that information so that we can get you linked up whether you are a new student whether you are a returning student. But what does that mean if I adopt the family? We want you to pray for that student or those students that you have adopted regularly. We want you to provide them a meal, whether you have them over to your house with some collard greens and cornbread and, and fried chicken and fried corn. Hallelujah. Hey, man, somebody make some fried corn to get the shepherd some and just have a great time. Either you take them out to dinner, whatever the case may be, we want you to build a relationship. We want you to build a relationship with that student. Have a home away from home. It will make such an impact in their life so stop by the table after service and sign up for that you can also sign up for our fall winter small groups amen they're getting ready to start october the 10th amen sign up is almost to the end ain't that many spaces left so make sure you sign up today so that you can be well connected i'm excited about this new session this new season of small groups i believe is going to be absolutely phenomenal so please make sure you stop by the table and then last but certainly not least well one more amen hope 
Rockwell Missionary Baptist Church will celebrate 120 years of bringing help to our city, restoration to our community, and hope to our world next Sunday. God has been good to Hopewell for 120 years. Amen. God has kept us. Amen. And we're going to celebrate next Sunday. My good friend and brother all the way from University Park, Illinois, Pastor Moses B. Heron Sr., the pastor of the Faith Movement Church of University Park, is going to be with us next Sunday. I am so honored, so delighted that he's going to be with us. He's been with us before, and I know he's going to bless us. And then Minister Leon Richardson is going to be our guest musical guest next Sunday as well. So we're going to have a great time in the Lord next Sunday. So whatever you do, make sure you don't miss out. Make sure that you are here next Sunday as we celebrate 120 years. That's a long time, y'all, that God has kept hope well. And so we give him all the honor and the praise for that. Uh, Minister Lynn, can you grab me that mic, please? One more announcement. I'm going to ask Sister Sharonda to come up here. She She's representing, amen, the city of Carbondale, amen. So give her a hand as she comes right now and share some important information with us. Amen. A former Hopewellian. So glad that she's here with us this morning. Amen. If shameless plug, if you need flyers, videos, graphics, she's got you. Amen. Shameless plug. Amen. Good morning, Hopewell. Um, it's good to be here. You guys move a lot quicker than we used to. I wasn't expecting Pastor to be up already. <laughs> um, I am here to talk about um, the survey that has been going on for about a month now. Um, so, um, actually, around the time that we transitioned from Hopewell, um, I was actually promoted at the City of Carbondale as the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator for the City of Carbondale. Um, thank you. Um, and with that um, came me, became me inheriting uh, getting this survey out. My predecessor had already started the process, so I was able to work with um, different community leaders from SIH District 165, um, First Southern Bank, the library, and we put together this survey with the help of the Applied Research Consultant Department at SIU. Um, it is a lengthy survey, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's almost 60 questions, um, but we're covering some of everything. We're covering how you've been treated with housing, banking, medical facilities, city services. It doesn't matter if you've lived here two months or 20 years, we want to hear from you. It's for anyone who lives in Carbondale, works in Carbondale, or attends school in Carbondale. Please take the time to fill out this survey. It is for everyone, but we are really hoping that the data will prove some of the complaints that come to the city constantly, that really there are a lot of procedures and policies in place that impact marginalized individuals greatly. Um, so we're gonna try and take that data and show them not by our own, but by your words. It's plenty of space for open, open um, comments. So we're not just giving you a range of one to five or how do you feel about this. We want to know specifically about specific situations that may have occurred. Um, so please take the time to do the survey. I am going to be at a table after service is over. Um, so there is a scan code if you want to scan and do it online. And then I also have paper copies if I run out which I don't think I will, but if I do run out, we have paper copies at City Hall and at the Carbondale Library as well. Thank you so much, ma'am. We wanna make sure that we help out in that endeavor, amen, for those that may sometimes have a, a gripe with the city and sometimes we complain about different things, we have an opportunity to be able to share so that we can be able to grow in those things. So make sure you stop by the ministry table today and take advantage of that opportunity. Let's get to the book. Amen. Go with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Somebody's like, finally, we're almost done. Yes, this is the last. This is the last. This is the last. Amen. But it's been a good eight weeks as we've been in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8, for those of you who can stand with me as we stand for the reading and reverence of God's word to all of our elders and ministers, our deacons, our mothers, to all of you God's people. Amen. It's just a blessing to be alive, y'all. It really is. It's a blessing to be alive and to be in the land of the living. Nehemiah chapter 8. Will you have it? Say amen. Amen. I'm just going to read one verse and then we'll deal with the rest of it. Verse 2. Verse 1 and 2, let's do that. In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose 
at the square just outside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given Israel to obey. Verse 2. So on October the 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men, women, and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. I want to preach this morning from the title, From Ruins to Renewal. To Ruins to Renewal. Father God, I ask in prayer right now that you bless your word. God, bless your word. Bless your word. Help us to be able to have an ear to hear what you have to say, a heart to receive and feet to obey, to walk out your instructions, to walk out what you desire to say. God, you have something to say to us. We need to hear from you today. We need to hear from heaven. Prick us, convict us, mold us, shape us, break us, and put us back together again that we can be what you desire for us to be. In the powerful, strong name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord from ruins to renewal. Past eight weeks, we have been journeying through the book of Nehemiah, Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday and Wednesday. We have been journeying through the book of Nehemiah from the sermon series entitled, We Have Work to Do. Everybody say, we got work to do. Everybody say it strong. We got work to do. Look at the life of Nehemiah and the mission of Nehemiah, the purpose of Nehemiah, the leadership of Nehemiah, the conviction of Nehemiah, the participation, working with the people as they rally around a vision to be able to rebuild the walls. Minister Ford uh, felt his Baptist, Baptist preacher come up last week and put him on the cross and took him down and put him in the grave and got him out the grave and, and sitting at the right hand of the Father. He shared with us that the walls have been put back together there was a celebration that happened amongst the people as now they have seen the vision come to pass you have to understand when you have seen something that has been broken when you have seen something that has lying in ruins for over a hundred years and finally through prayer through leadership through community through participation you see that vision come to pass the people were excited and they rejoiced about what they had been a part of, what they had, a, had experienced, and what they have seen come to pass. My mind reflected back, it had to have been that vision that years ago that the late mother Jesse B. Anderson, the late mother Juanita Thomas, the late mother Stella Mae Abbey, that they, they stood on this ground and they prayed day in and day out for, 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 for the vision of this building that we sit in right now to, to come to pass and be erected and to be able to serve people and see people get saved and people give their life to the Lord. For them to be able to see the building that they had labored and prayed to see had to be a moment of rejoicing. That's why I got to believe in how Mother Algie, how they felt when they saw the walls get done. 52 days, 52 weeks, 52 days, it allowed to come to pass what would have taken months and years to be able to get done. They saw the gracious hand of God allowed them to do it in short time. I love it because Nehemiah does not just leave them with getting the walls back up. Yes, now they have protection. Yes, now they have covering. Yes, now they don't have to live, uh, they don't have to live in embarrassment. Now they don't have to live in reproach. But Nehemiah does not leave them right there with just the walls just up because he realized just because the walls have been built up doesn't mean that the people are all together. Because the mission was not just to be able to rebuild the walls, but the mission and the purpose was also to be able to rebuild the people. They have a finished wall, but the people could yet still be broken. What is the glue, Nehemiah, that can be able not just to hold the walls together, but to be able to hold the people together? They can be able to go from living in, in, in ruins to living in renewal. To go from living in ruins to live in a restoration. What is it, Nehemiah, that they need to be able to do it? I love it. I love the 
the, 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 the transition of leadership that happens. Nehemiah understands, I'm a builder. I'm an administrator. I know how to gather people. I know how to build stuff. He, but he looks and he calls on the man of God, Pastor Ezra, okay. the priest, the scribe. He says, Ezra, go get the book. <laughs> Ezra goes, Bible says, he goes and get the book. It's in October. Everybody has settled now into their homes. They're enjoying. Now the wall's being put up. I got to use my sanctified imagination. The ladies have gone. They went to home goods and then put up pictures on the wall. They got the decor just right. They got the carpet matching. They call Ashley Furniture and say, hey, you got any sales going on over there? They had a delivery truck pull up and put in a nice comforter right there when you first walk in to create a nice ambiance when you walk into the house. Ezra comes out with the book. The Bible says everybody has settled. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to be able to obey. Nehemiah understood. I've taken the people as far as I could. I've completed my assignment by rebuilding the wall. But I just can't leave them with the finished wall and damaged lives. I just cannot leave them with the finished wall and broken lives. I just cannot leave them right in ruins. But there needs to be something that can be able to keep the people and, and, and sustain the people as they're walking into this moment of renewal in their lives. And Nehemiah said, because get this, you all, Nehemiah is only continuing the work that Ezra started. You got to read Ezra, the book of Ezra before Nehemiah. He's the one that began the revolution. He's the one that began this revival, this renewal that's taking place in the lives of God's people. And so Ezra knew that his time, he said, I'm the preacher. I'm not an administrator. He says, I'm the preacher. I'm not a contractor so he understood in, in Nehemiah's assignment and Nehemiah understood Ezra's assignment here it is thanks to God that's a lesson right there that you and I have to understand what it is that God has graced us to do oh how I wish I could be able to sing oh how I wish I still had my hair and had my nice waves oh how I wish I could play the organ because every week y'all would get sick and tired of me I would sing before I preach I would take my do-rag off before I preach so that you could be able to see my nice waves that the Lord has allowed me to be able to Oh, I will sing and play and play and sing every week. But I know what my assignment is. I leave that to the music ministry. But you better believe the Lord gives me a song that the angels cannot sing. Ezra understood what his assignment was. And get this, you all. He was not intimidated by Nehemiah's gifting and the grace that was on his life. He stood back and allowed Nehemiah to do what God had graced him to do. And then when his assignment was over, Nehemiah was not intimidated by Ezra because he was seasoned. He was a seasoned man in the word of God. And Nehemiah understood, we got the wall up, but we need the word. We got, we got, we got the building up, but we need the word. Here it is, Ezra. You come on on the scene, sir. You've, you, you've read the law. You've wrote the law. Now you read to us the book of the wall. I don't know. You gotta know because it's funny how we don't find competition anywhere else but in the house of God. When in all essence, saints of God, we are not in competition with each other. We ought to compliment one another. That, hey, what you're gifted in doing, it compliments what I'm doing. What I'm gifted in doing, it compliments what you're doing. All oh, saints of God, we ought to be able to rejoice and realize, hey, I can only take the people so far, but here it is, someone else that can be able to bring in something else that I may not have to compliment and to take us where we need to be. We don't compete against each other in the body of Christ. We complement each other with our gifts, our talents, and our abilities. I ain't got to out-preach you. I don't have to out-sing you. I don't have to do any of that. When you get up and start singing, the Lord leads you, I'm going to tell you to go home. I'm going to walk up on you and tell you to keep on singing. That whatever it is, we can realize and be secure in what God has graced us to do 
and not be intimidated by, by you. That was just something from the Holy Spirit right there. But here it is. Ezra understood. Nehemiah understood what their assignments were, and they walked right into it. Nehemiah realized, here it is once again, that, hey, 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 we just can't give them walls and leave them there. But he says we need the word of God. He said if the people are going to continue in their lives and go from ruins to renewal, they're going to need the word of God. Here it is, y'all. It's real simple. The word of God has to be read. <laughs> I just got a PhD real quick. The word of God has to be read. I'm not making up nothing. Look at this, you all. Look at this. Look at verse 2. Verse 1, they call, on the, they call on Ezra. Ezra comes out to read the word. Verse 2, so on October the 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which include the men and women, all the children, old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read, the word, and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Everybody listened to what he was saying. They were in tune to what he was saying. I love this because it says from early morning, from early morning, early morning until noon. The theologians say that he stood and read the word for six hours straight. Six hours straight. No singing, no dance ministry, no giving. Ezra stood. People were ready to receive the word. The Bible says they went and they built a podium. They went and built the stage. So as he talked and preached the word of God, he could see everybody as he was talking. Build the platform. Build the podium. And he stood and read. And get this, the people stood as the word was being read for six hours straight. No bathroom breaks. No LED screens. No children's church. In fact, the Bible says it was man. It was women. And there were children. The children were attentive to the word of God being taught. They stood there. No tablets. No children's church. No snacks. Six hours. Everyone stood there as he read the word of God to them. The word of God has to be read in our lives. Thanks to God, if we're going to continue towards renewal and revival in our lives and spiritual growth in our lives, I said it once, I said it twice, I keep on saying it until the day that I die, but our spiritual growth and development has to be a priority in our lives. I know it's not real exciting. I know, I know it's nothing real fancy to be able to say, but it's yet still true. Our spiritual growth and development has to be a priority in our lives because I realize we make everything a priority in our lives except for our spiritual growth and development. And we want to put it on the man or woman of God from the pulpit to feed us, but we're spiritually malnourished because we're only eating one day a week. And we don't take advantage of the opportunities to be able to grow. Uh, I tell my students every day, I say, hey, when we have the guest speakers, there are some people that may not be the best of speakers, but there's something that you can be able to receive from everyone, but it's predicated on your maturity because real mature saints say, hey, I can get jiggy with anybody that has that's walking what they're preaching. Their, 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 their style may be a little bit different, but if they're preaching a book, they got my attention. Because what has happened, we have grown accustomed to people's personalities rather to the word of God that's being preached. Oh, God, I know I'm talking good in here today. I know we have grown accustomed to people's charisma and their personalities rather than what they're saying. Hey, 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 you may be in monotone. I believe you should preach with passion. I believe you should talk and believe in what you're saying. But if you give me the word and you're in monotone, I'll take it any day. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> Word of God has to be read. Before this morning, when the last time you read the Word? And even some stood 
You didn't have your Bibles or your phones open, so you didn't even read this morning. When's the last time you read the Word? And I'm not talking about you get your you get your daily devotion from your app on your phone and you read on the fly because you don't grow on the fly. You grow through intimate relationship with God and his word. You carve out time to spend with God so that God can be able to get to you and you can be able to grow in your walk with God. You grow in intimacy. Not on the fly. When's the last time you read the word? When's the last time you carved out time and you sat down and read the word? Oh, Pastor, I just, oh, Reverend, I just, I, I don't be having time. I got work. I'm in school. I got this. I got that. But we will sit down and watch a whole Netflix series. Oh, I know I'm talking the truth. We will watch a whole ne a whole storyline can tell you everything about it, tell you the origin. You even went online and Googled the characters, and you know when they was born and when their mama was born. Get the word. Next thing you know, you knocked out. When's the last time you read the word? David said something in Psalms 119. David said something. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David understood something. David understood something. David knew something. David knew something. David knew something. David knew that if I don't have God's word down in my heart, I am going to, I, I, I'm going to end up falling into sin. I'm going to end up placing myself into situations that I have no business in. David says, I have to hide his word in my heart that I may not sin against God. In fact, let's go to Psalms 100. 19 real quick oh man because he says something else there in verse 18 that I don't want us to be able to miss amen we are in church right okay just want to make sure I'm in the right place look at verse 10 look at verse 9 David said how can the young person stay pure by obeying your word I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wonder from your commandments. David understood that without the word of God in my heart, I am quick to wonder from his commandments. God, I wish I had a church this morning. David said, I realize if the word of God is not in me, ingrained in my heart, in other words, if the word of God is not memorized in my mind, that I can be able to recall it when I need help to help me not to fall into things that can ruin us. Don't you know, saints of God, that one moment of sin can ruin your entire life? David said, I know how I, how I can stay pure in a toxic society is by obeying his word. David realized that if I don't have his word, I will wander from his commandments. How long? Because here it is, saints of God. It's so easy for us to pick on folks that's not saved and say, oh, well, yeah, they ain't saved, so we expect them to wander. But what about the people that have been blood washed by the Lamb of God? And wander from his commandments. Because you can come to church every Sunday and wonder. You can show up online every week and wonder. You can be in small groups. You can serve in church. You can have a title and wonder from his commandments. If the word of God is not in your heart, David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Why does he say heart? Because get this, the heart is the hub of our minds, our wills, our appetites, our emotions, and our David said, if there's anything that's going to keep me, if there's anything that's going to interfere with me obeying his word, it is my heart. That will have his own appetites. Our hearts that will have his own will to do what it desires. Our hearts that has his own passions that has nothing to do with God.
but will wander to feed our flesh and never for our spirit to grow. I like what Dr. J.M. Boyce said. He says, memorizing is precisely what it's called for since it is only when the word of God is rarely available in our minds that we are to recall it in moments of need and profit by it. Dr. Boise is saying that when we have the word of God in our hearts, that means that we have, we have read the word, we have the knowledge of the word of God so that when trouble comes, we know how to call on that word. We know how to bring that word up that we can be able to profit from it in the moment that we are in trouble. You ever been through something, you know what to say? You say, Father, I know that you are my shelter in the time of storm. And just by you quoting and saying that scripture, you still may be going through hell, but it changes your perspective about what you're going through. When's the last time you read the word? When's the last time that you really dedicated time for you to grow in the word of God? When's the last time that you sat with the word and you feasted on the word? It takes maturity for churches to be able, for Ezra to be able to stand before people for six hours. My goodness, the longevity to talk for six hours and the people stood for the whole six hours as the word was being read. What reverence. What attentiveness. Six hours? He read it straight so that people could be able to get understanding. The Bible goes on to say that there were Levites, temple assistants, that went around to different pots, different, 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 different spots, and they, they would kneel down and, and they would talk with the little kid to make sure they understood what he was saying. They would go over to one of the church mothers and, and make sure that she was able to understand. They, 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 they made sure that as the word was being read, that the people had an understanding of what was. When's the last time you read the word? Oh, man. I hope it hits all of us. When's the last time? We read the word. Let me keep on going because y'all getting mad at me, but it's all good. I got the mic. Here it is. Not only do we need to read the word, but listen to this, you all. The word must be heard. The word must be heard. The word must be heard. I love it here because there's two things that they do that show us how, how, how you and I are to receive the hearing of the word of God. Look at verse 3. He says, he faced the square that just outside the water gate from early morning to noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand all the people listening closely to the book of the law. Men, women, children, everybody. It was not just, this was not his time of teaching, was not just a moment where it was all for the fellas. But everybody was able to be there. The rich, the poor, the liars, the thieves, everyone was there. To read the word and for the hearing of the word of God. But check the posture and the attitude of the people as the word is being read. It's necessary for the word to be heard reverently. There was a reverence for the word of God and we know there was a reverence for the word of God because they stood. They stood because they realized how powerful the word of God these are people that have been living in ruins for over a hundred years. They have just seen God do a miracle before their eyes and rebuilding those walls. Everyone that was laughing at them, everyone that was mocking them, the opposition they came against, they've seen God do some amazing things through his word. And because of that, they stood. There ought to be a reverence, saints of God. And thank God that I'm at this point right here, that there ought to be a reverence that we have for God, that when we come into the house of God, we just don't come in any kind of way. There ought to be a reverence that when I get here, I'm coming to experience the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And because I'm coming to experience a mighty God, no one should have to tell me to praise God. No one should have to tell me to stand to praise God. But because of my reverence for God, I do it because of who he is. My, my heart's desire is for church, for Hope World to be a place where there's a word for everyone to be able to grow. But that worship is on fire and intense. 
man, that worship is an experience. It's not just something that we come to entertain, to be entertained, but that worship will become something that is intimate, that we realize the importance of us engaging and not just waiting for a praise team to lead us. No, 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 no. They cannot take you where you do not go on your own. I don't wait till for Sunday to come and praise God. I'm praising God when I'm at home. I'm praising God when I'm in the shower. I'm praising God when I'm in the car. I'm praising God when I'm in the store. Why? When I think of the goodness of Jesus, it's not predicated on where I am. It's at anywhere that I am. And I think about what the Lord has done for me. My hands will go up. My feet might get light. I might open up my mouth. I might run. I may dance. I may shout. I'm going to give God the glory wherever I am. But when I get to the house of God and I'm with my brothers and sisters in Christ, there ought to be a fire that's ignited when we all come together. Sometimes we don't stand because there's no individual reverence for God. Sometimes we don't stand and engage because there's no individual reverence for God. Oh, he's just a man upstairs. How dare you? How dare we? Limit him to being a man upstairs. He's the God of the universe. He made the heavens and the earth. He spoke and things became. When there's no personal reverence, there'll be no public experience. If I don't revere him in my heart, I sit here every Sunday and fold my arms. It was a few weeks ago. I said, let's stand for the reading <laughs> and the reverence of God's word. There was, there was two ladies. They just sat there and looked at me. I looked back. I said, they looked. <laughs> Boy, I got so tick. I wanted to stop preaching and laugh real quick. That was so funny. They would not get up. But go to a wedding. They'll stand. Go to court. They'll stand. <laughs> they'll stand for real, huh? They'll stand. Become the church. I do what I want to do. I'm not really, I ain't got to be all that expressive. You don't get a choice of how to praise God. He said, let everything that has breath praise me. That's a bad brother right there that won't even tell you what to do. He will tell you how to, he said, I'm God enough that I will write you scriptures to tell you how I want to be treated. When there's no personal intimate reverence, there'd be no public experience. My prayer is that Hopewell will be a place that we come and we get the word, the word is being preached and that we will engage with God in worship. The word has to be heard. It has to be heard with reverence, but it also has to be heard intensively. Look at verse three. The latter part of verse three. And all the people listen closely to the book of the law. In the Greek, the word attentive literally means to hang upon the lips of the speaker. <laughs> it means they're so engaged in what's being said, they don't want to miss nothing that's being said because they realize what is being said has the power to change my life. That's what's being said is something that I need to hear to help me to be better in my life. That there's something that's being said that can transform my marriage, transform my kids, transform my life. They realize I'm hanging my lips on everything the speaker is saying. Actively listening to what's being said. I realize as a preacher, the influence that I have in coming and you guys sitting there and listening to what I'm saying, that this is a moment that I cannot take lightly and get up and just say, and say stuff that sounds cliche and sound nice. No, 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 no. That someone is hanging their life off the words that's coming out of my mouth. I have to be mindful of what I say. I have to be, my, be mindful of who I bring before you to preach the word of God because, hey, this is serious business that's being done. 
and lives are on the line. He said, he says, it has to be heard reverently and it has to be heard attentively. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's attractive to a preacher that's preaching the word of God. People that have a desire and a hunger to be able to hear the word. They're engaged and they're listening attentively to what's being said. Because they desire to grow. And they want the word of God to be central and centered in their lives. I got to ask the question again. When's the last time you read the word? When's the last time you read the word reverently? When's the last time you read or heard the word attentively? And you were listening. You were listening. I wasn't distracted. You're not, you're not distracted by your phones and and on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram when the word is going on, you sometimes you ain't taking notes. <laughs> Rapping how you know. I'm just saying, sometimes you ain't taking notes. You're making your list of what you got to do when you get home. You're making your list about who you got to call. You're trying to see what time your show come on tonight. So my house shut. Oh, Rapping preached today. What he say? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was said. Because in coming to corporate worship, in coming to the intimate time that we have with God to engage his word, and his word engages our heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because the more we get to know, the more we get to know God's word, the more we get to know about us. The more I engage the word of God, the more the word of God engages me, the more I become more like him. The more I engage his word, he comes in and corrects it and, 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 and tears down, the more I'm equipped to be a better disciple for him. So if I'm coming to public worship, if I'm coming to my time to spend with God and his word, there is preparation. Everybody say preparation. That's preparation, preparation. that takes place. I get my clothes out the night before so I'm not rushing in the morning. But that's not enough. There needs to be a preparation in my mind, in my heart, that whatever it is, God, that you desire to say to me through the preached word, I'm ready to receive. If it has to cut me, if it has to correct me, it's all cool in the game because I know that you're doing this for my good and for my betterment. There's a preparation in our minds that I'm coming, that I'm going to enter into God's house with gladness despite all the hell I've gone through all week. It's a preparation that God raised my maturity that when I get there, that I will be active participants in what's happening and not just sit on the sidelines. It says the word has to be read. The word has to be heard. Here it is. I'm almost at the gate. The word must be taught. The word. Somebody said, how shall we hear supper without a preacher that has to be sent? Let me say this. Your favorite TV preacher, your favorite prophet, ain't your shepherd. They're great. They're awesome. You may be encouraged by them, but they ain't your shepherd. And the times that we're living in now, that people have said, I have multiple shepherds. I got my local pastor. I got my TV pastor. I got my radio pastor. I got my Facebook pastor. I got my Instagram pastor. I got my coaching pastor. My mama always told me that you can't eat at everybody's table. Sister Swims encourages me, honey, if it is, bring your dish day at work. You don't eat everybody's cooking unless you know how to keep the kitchen clean. Every preacher, as much as they may inspire you and encourage you, they're not your shepherd. Be careful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
when another voice has your ear more than your shepherd does. You know what can make Sunday mornings a struggle? When I'm having to preach against what the false prophet has been teaching you Monday through Saturday. That you give your ear attentively to what they say and all they're trying to do is get your pockets or get you in the bed. <laughs> but I give you the word. I ask you to give and it's a struggle. The word must be, I've learned, thank you, Holy Spirit, that everybody that is a member of Hopewell, I'm not their pastor. Tough lesson to learn. Tough lesson to learn, Minister Lynn, where there were people in leadership that I'm not their pastor. They lend their ear attentively to other voices, but don't know my voice. That when it sounds like correction, push back. <laughs> Every voice you lend your ear to is not your shepherd. Jesus said, the sheep know my voice. For it has to be taught. Ezra does that. He teaches the word and he uses the Levites' temple assistance to help him in discipling the people and making sure that in the reading they get an understanding so that they can be able to grow. Paul tells Timothy something in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Oh, Lord, put it on the screen because I don't have it up here. I sent you the wrong. Oh, God, I sent you the wrong one. Oh, man. 2 Timothy chapter 3. How did I do that? I sent them the wrong one. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here it is. Here's what, Timothy, here's what Paul tells young Timothy. He says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Help me, God. Let me read it again. Our scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. He says, hey, the word of God is there to bring about correction in your life. There ought to be times when you leave here jumping because of a word that you have received and there should be moments where we leave crying once we come in contact with God's word and it shows us where we have missed the mark it cuts sharper than a two-edged sword he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that hey 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 he says in you teaching the word of God make sure in the Greek he says make sure you cut it straight so it's concise and precise not full of fluff candy-coated gospel. He says, but cut it straight. Give them what they need that they may grow. He says, it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what is right. Here it is, saints. Even in your time of devotion, if you're just reading scriptures to inspire you, you're missing it. Because as you engage the word of God and the word of God engage your heart, the Holy Spirit will pinpoint moments and reveal things about yourself and say, hey, you're rebellious. Read this scripture. <laughs> uh, you don't know when to shut up. You talk too much. Read this. Oh, man, you're so stingy. Read this. Oh, you out there. Wow. Read this. It will give us what we need. Why? To correct us where we're wrong. Why? 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 So that we can be able to do what is right. That's the 
job of the word to show us where we are wrong so that we can do what is right. Thank you. Dr. Lane in here was always a ram in the bush. Praise God. Somebody help me preach. Because get this. Proper interpretation of the word of God leads to right application. Proper interpretation of the word of God leads to right and correct application. If you interpret the word of God wrong in what it's saying, you will apply it wrong in your life and you won't see the results that you desire and be mad at God. No, don't be mad at God. Maybe who you're sitting under that's teaching the word of God does not know what they're doing. There are many preachers that should be locked up for teaching and preaching the word of God incorrectly. Spiritual malpractice. Doctors get in trouble if they mess up on a patient. Pastors have to cut it straight. We got we to gotta cut it straight. We got we, we, we to gotta, we preach the word because why? There will come a time where people will not endure sound doctrine. They want their ears to be tickled. And they'll be fooled by anyone that has a title or, 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 or they're charismatic in how they preach and teach. And you fall for the okie doke. I believe in sowing seeds, but if I sow a seed, it does not mean God is obligated to match it in 24 hours. Who am I? Proper interpretation leads to right application. Here it is. I'm about to get out of here. I'm getting on y'all nerves. Here it is. God's word working in our lives ought to yield a response. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 and 10. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the scribe and the Levites who were interpreting for the scripture, interpreting for the people, said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day, such a day um, as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people have been weeping as they listened to the word of God. Here it is, saints of God. Here it is, saints of God. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Nehemiah and Ezra. Ezra is reading the word of God. The people, Ezra is teaching the word of God. He's, uh, he's speaking the scriptures. The people are reading the word of God. They're hearing what's being said. And as a response of the word working in their lives, here's what happens. They began to weep. Theologians say, we don't know exactly what they were weeping about they don't know exactly why they were crying but you have to understood it had been years that they had been through that they had not heard the word of God they had not read the word of God and being able to be in that moment seeing God do something amazing and rebuilding the walls in such a short time it caused them to be able to weep as they were hearing the word of God being read and reading the word of God it touched their hearts Holy Spirit convicted their hearts may have reminded them of sin may have reminded them of of how they have wandered away from his commandments. And the people began to weep. Not only did they begin to weep, but they began to repent of how they missed the mark. That word get in you, saints of God. When that word gets in us, it ought to be working in us. It ought to be making us uncomfortable. It ought to be doing something in us that's leading and causing us to be able to repent and lead us towards change. The word of God working in us. When the word of God is working in us and the Holy Spirit gets together with it, something is going to begin to happen. Transformation will begin to happen in our hearts and in our lives that will lead us to change. And as a response to the word of God being taught, they weeped. They repented. But I like, I like what he told them as well. He did not just leave them there. Look at verse 10. He says, And Nehemiah continued to go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. He also, the word of God working in them, not only led them to repent and to weep, but it also led them to be generous with what they had. He wants them to be a blessing to others because of how blessed they have been. When the word does a work in us, when the word is working in us, 
Holy Spirit will make us uncomfortable. Because get this, sometimes we will never change until we're uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't change until we have been confronted with who we are and all of our stuff. That leads us to transformation and leads us to change. I'm done. If you ain't got nothing else that I said today, if our lives aren't centered around the word of God, we'll forfeit renewal and rest and restoration and we'll just cope through life. That's a sad reality that we have access to the life-given word of God but we will forfeit restoration and renewal and just develop coping mechanisms to make it through life and never rely on God's word to sustain us and to be our bridge. Do you realize how powerful the word, the word of God will carry you through dark moments in your life? I wish I had a witness. I do, I put it this way. The word of God has carried me through depression. The word of God has carried me through grief. The word of God has carried me through loss. The word of God has carried me through low self-esteem. The word of God has carried me through ups and downs in my life. And here it is, almost like Ezra, when he called everybody else out to the public to the water gate. It will carry you through as well. Dark moments in your life, valleys in your life, victories in your life, death in your life, loss in your life. The word of God will carry you through every season of your life if you will just allow for the word to do the work. then for us to realize that I need his word. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh no, there's so much, so much talk now. Oh, I don't need the church. I can find this out by myself. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But I thank God for the church. To have people that will walk with me through life's trials and tribulations. We need community. When Moses was in the battle and his arms were getting tired, Bible says that when his arms came down, the enemy was getting over on him. But whenever his arms were up, they had the victory. Aaron and her caught on to this. They said, wait a minute. Every time his hands go down, we, 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 the enemy keeps getting, uh, they get harder on us. But when his hands are up, we get the victory. So they realized something. Hey, we're going to hold his arms up, community. So that he can be able, so that we can be able to win. Because they realize this is not just about Moses winning. This is about all of us winning. You and I need community in our lives. We need somebody that will pull up on us and check in on us and see what's going on. We need the body of believers. And walk in this thing called life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need the church. And the church needs you. Look at your other neighbor and say a real strong. Say, neighbor, he's talking to you. You need the church, and the church needs you. It's real talk. Gives them the word to help sustain him because he realized now that these walls are up, what if the walls come down again? What you going to do? He gave them something that if they got in trouble again, he gave them something that would sustain them through the journey of what they were enduring. He gave them the word. My prayer for Hope World is that we will be a people that will love God's word. And not just love his word, but a desire to obey his word. Because you can love something and not obey. That we have a love for his word and a desire 
for his word. One commentary I was reading in preparation talked about it's a commitment from the pulpit and from the pew when it comes to the word. The commitment from the pulpit is to be able to study, to show thyself approval, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's a commitment from the pew to hear what's being said with attentive ears, listening closely, and ready to obey. Ready to obey what the word of God is saying. Six hours he read. Nobody got tired. Nobody got bored. How can you get bored with the word of God? How? We'll get bored with the word, but we'll watch the same movie. I don't know how many times I've seen Color Purple. <laughs> I've seen it plenty of times. Coming to America, all I watch Lion King. I watched Lion King the other day with Kenny. Just I, I had church all by myself watching Lion King. <laughs> just went in. She had never seen it before. Just lost it. Y'all know when Simba was down there in Pride Rock and, and Mufasa had died and stuff. I loved on the floor crying. Upset. Mufasa, no, no, no. Had to look over, over. That ain't him. That ain't, that ain't him. That ain't him. Y'all know how we do. That ain't him. <laughs> yes, it is him. <laughs> Y'all know how we do. We go around, we look. That's not mama. Yes, that is mama. I know it's mama. That is. If it ain't her, who is it? We, not, we got the wrong person. Who is it then? I watch the same movie over and over again. I can read this book, certain scriptures, over and over again. And now I'll come out with, I can preach the same thing over. I do an injustice if I just preach something one time. And I, and I will miss something that I didn't see before. And I read it again to catch something else. It's alive, y'all. It's alive. It's a living, breathing thing. get bored with it. Oh, God, thank you. We get bored with the word because it's no longer a priority or a value. And we see it as useless. We get bored with anything that's no longer a priority. Marriages would drown if it's no longer a priority. Friendships would drown if it's no longer a priority. Our walk with God will suffer if it's no longer a priority. Read this as much as you watch your favorite show and you will get something. I'll see a scene I ain't seen before. Because I refuse to go through life coping when I have something real and solid to sustain me through. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that our hearts will be receptive to receive the meat of your word. We don't want no more spiritual cavities, Father. We want your real word. We want your real word. Why, Father? Because we got work to do. And we need your word as our map to lead us, guide us, direct us to what we need to do and how we need to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, come on and clap those hands real strong, real strong, real strong. Listen, you may be here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. If you're watching online and you don't know him, today can be your day of salvation. Today can be your day of renewal. I invite you personally right now to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. And he is the difference maker. Jesus is the difference maker in your life. If you're watching online right now and you want to give your life to the Lord, just inbox us and say, I want to be saved. And someone from our team will reach out to you and share with you those next steps. If you're watching on Facebook, watching on YouTube, and you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. We would love for you to be, we would love to be your church family. No matter where you are, it's Hopewell anywhere, Hopewell everywhere. 
you need prayer, email us at prayerteam at hopewellmb.org and someone from our prayer team will reach out to you. Pray with you, pray for you, because we believe in the power of prayer. If you're in the building right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the same invitation I extended online goes to you. Today can be your day of salvation. If you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church family. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you today. We'll pray for you today. If any of those three invitations speak to your heart, when I count to three, I got my mask in my hand. Just come on and meet me down here at this altar. And we're going to clap our hands as if it's thousands walking down and out. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If you're in the building, if you're here, come on. I'll walk with you. Come on, I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, God is able. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask, think, or wish. Come on, preachers, and pray for them as they're coming. If you need prayer, come, 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 come.